Hello and welcome to the Extremist Publishing Podcast. I'm Tom Christie. My guest today is Robert Murray, author of The Grocer's Boy, A Slice of His Life in 1950s Scotland. The book takes Robert through an eventful childhood, starting as an apprentice in a grocery store and leading up to him becoming the youngest manager in the history of his grocery chain from Carnoustie all the way to the city of Dundee. I think it's fair to say, Robert, that this has been a book that has had a, a long history and it's one that you've worked on for some time. Is that, would that be fair to say? Yes, I think that's right, Tom. Uh, the origins probably go back to scribbling some notes for my uh, grandchildren. That goes back several years now. I was in England at the time. I, w- I started writing some notes about um, uh, my life in Can- my early life in Canoosti, uh, covering... Uh, areas like the church and my school days, uh, my my Boy Scout days, and I think I touched a little bit on my um, Mrs. Boy days as well. But that that was the origin of uh, starting to write some notes. And how do you feel looking back and working from your initial research through to the actual development of the book itself? That shopping and grocery. Shopping in particular uh, has changed and evolved from the 1950s until now. Well, it's a massive change. Uh, when I started writing my notes uh, for my grandchildren, which developed into my Mrs. Boy life, and I, I produced about eight, 20 chapters of um, my Mrs. Boy days, and it was only nearing the end of writing all of these notes I, I realised that in my short time as a Mrs. Boy, but particularly in my period as an apprentice grocer until the time I had my first branch, that in parallel with these few years, I actually unwittingly at the time (laughs) was experiencing great change in the grocery trade. When I started off as an apprentice, I I was skinning cheeses and we we, we received sugar in 200 weight bags. In fact, almost all the products arrived, apart from canned goods, in bulk form, and we spent most of our time making up bags of sugar or bags of um, dried fruits, etc., etc. And so, when I came to the latter stage of the book, I realised I was in an area where self-selection, which was a precursor to self-service, uh, was what had begun. And my first branch in Brantwood Avenue in Dundee, in fact, had hardly any bulk products, apart from <laughs> I remember potatoes and carrots still came in bags, still with the earth all around, and they weren't clean and tidy in uh, the way they are today, but the Brantwood Avenue branch uh, basically had goods in packets, of course it was all counter service, that's where the biggest changes come And you obviously write with great affection about Carnoustie and Tayside in general What kind of changes have you noticed in the area and how many things do you feel have have pretty much stayed the same? I think what's stayed the same is the need that customers expect. Good service, efficient service and um, and fair practices. I think that's, and perhaps today even more so, there are more avenues to complain, I think, nowadays than there perhaps were in my day. But the... The, the main change was in a small place like Canoosti, when I, I was writing about a period when Canoosti's population was ap- approximately 5,000. And in those days, we had 
about nine main grocery store outlets, three of which might have been the local co-op, but the others were made up of high-class uh, wines and spirits grocery businesses, as well as William Loan Company, my company, which was primarily uh, groceries and provisions, fruit and veg. And in those days, that 5,000 population in Carnoustie had as employers in the area the, the local foundry, the Anderson Grice uh, foundry. We had an SAI chemical works, which uh, produced pr- products for putting on fields, etc. We had a jute factory, weaving and spinning. We had uh, a jam factory. Uh, all of these were working uh, at full full capacity. Uh, there was no problem with jobs. In fact, people could move jobs at will in those days. In today's world, the population is somewhere around 13,500. And with no disrespect, <laughs> the two shops we have are Spar and the co-op. We have two co-op branches and two Spar shops because the whole complexion of the town has changed. People reside in the town and commute to places like Aberdeen, Edinburgh, Dundee. Well, one thing that comes across very strongly in your book is your passion for stage performance and amateur dramatics. Do you feel that the skills that you picked up from the customer service aspect of of working in a grocery uh, helped to inform that interest, that that initial talent for for stage performance? It's it's an interesting question. (laughs) I don't know which came first, to be honest. Uh, Nobody believes me, but I tell the story that up until I was about 17, I could hardly speak to a girl. I was so shy, I didn't know what to say. Uh, I think I've got a little bit about that in my book. I couldn't even take a girl's hand on my way to a, a, a way to the Boy Scouts party. <laughs> but um, So yes, there possibly was something in the, in the moment when I was propelled forward to uh, serve at the counter, my first customer. That was quite a daunting experience. I think that forced me to communicate with people. I got guidance on how to deal with customers. So the very fact I did that job, it was a face-to-face contact with the public. And that's still with me today. I still enjoy that aspect of it. But what helped me hugely was, again, unwittingly, I found myself in in an amateur dramatic uh, club. And reading the lines and um, speaking the, uh, the dialogue on stage gave me something to say <laughs> I could speak to I could speak to um, uh, girls or ladies on the stage uh, it I found it, it I think somehow I, I overcame my my shyness it gave me a bit of confidence I think the two go together I think Tom you know very much I think probably dealing with the customers as a message boy uh, the interface with customers in the shop uh, was a, a, a strong element of that, and that helped me, um, I suppose, in my drama group um, performances. But then subsequent to that, the drama group gave me a lot more confidence, I think. So the two are complementary, I think. Now, you discuss in your book, um, with great fondness, uh, your supportive family and uh, the encouragement that they gave you uh, through your early years in the grocery trade. Are there any particular happy memories that stand out for you from those early years uh, that you would particularly cherish? Uh, As regards my family, uh, particularly, 
I think early days started realising uh, the help. Again, when I sat down to write a lot of material, I sometimes was in tears just just going back and reminiscing and trying to find the words to say what I wanted to say and I could picture scenes. I think it started off at home. I think that was the that's the start. That was the um, a very strong, happy uh, childhood. My mum, for example, would come out on wet, windy, cold days and help myself and my brother Peem to um, deliver our newspapers. We were probably 11-year-old at those days. So uh, winter, winter days, wet days, mum jumped on her own bike and caught up with us and helped us to finish our rounds. Uh, I realised then, probably I didn't realise quite as much then as I do now, just exactly what they were doing. Uh, I had a lot of... Nobody gave me any strong uh, advice about do this or do, don't do this. I think I was allowed to follow my own inclination, but I always had encouragement and support. Uh, my mum took an interest in my development. and In fact, one of the heartwarming things I do have is that when I was doing my studies, um, evening classes or day releases, I had signed up with the Grocers Institute to receive packages of product. For example, pack rice. There were numerous varieties of rice and numerous countries of origin of rice. So a packet would arrive from the Grocers Institute with probably up to ten little small cans of rice, about the size of a sardine can. And I had to learn the characteristics of teas, coffees, rice, uh, cereals, uh, etc. And in these in those days, it was no double glazing, linoleum floors, and my mum used to come upstairs with a shovel full of red burning coal and put it in the grate of my bedroom fireplace. <laughs> Sounds amazing now to think about the, the, the um, health and safety aspects of that, but that's what she did. That was just because I studied up in my bedroom um, with all my papers and my, my samples, uh, on a on a little fold-up card table. And occasionally Mum would come and help me. She'd hide the labels of these products and hold up at random different different uh, different samples and help me with my identification of, the, of various items. So that, that was one example of the interest and the encouragement that my Mum gave me. One of the uh, landmark days you discuss in relation to your early time at the grocery was the arrival uh, in Carnoustie of the first freezer unit at the grocery store where you worked. Um, what role did changing technology have in the grocery trade at that time? It was just beginning. Um, you know, prior to the arrival of a walk-in stand-in fridge, was uh, the fact that our bulk butter, our bulk um, lard, our bacon and cooked meats were never held in a refrigerated store. At the end of each day, these products were uh, placed, in the case of bacon and uh, cooked meats, were placed upside down, what we call face down. So the cut of the product that was um, being sliced on the machine 
was the face of the, the cut. They were placed face down on a marble slab covered with muslin. In the case of butters, they remained on the shelf uh, with a, a muslin draped across the area. That, that was the storage facilities we had. Uh, the fridge arrived, it changed the whole complexion. Prior to that, one of the things the manager used to regularly ask me to do was to, especially in the summer of course, was to check for maggots in the bacon, which on numerous occasions I did find. <laughs> um, so, yes, the technology began to creep in. We had a freezer unit that came along. Customers said, uh, no tack half. <laughs> That's the phrase that some customers would give. Uh, and to be fair, the only products we had in a freezer, a freezer cabinet were frozen peas, fish fingers and ice cream. I think they were the only three that I could remember. And they sat there month after month. Nobody would want these products. <clears throat> In fact, I can vividly remember that the packets were, they were handled, picked up and looked at by customers um, on so many regular occasions. <clears throat> they became rather dog-eared and worn. And so they began even not to have a, a very uh, clean-looking appearance. The technology began to creep in. It wasn't accepted. Customers didn't readily see it. Behind the scenes, the fridge was a big plus. And how did you find the uh, management at the grocery chain where you worked? Um, not just your immediate supervisor, but um, management uh, further up the chain, did you consider them to be supportive or were they somewhat distant? Very supportive. They, I couldn't put it in such terms then, but looking back, there was an interest in my further education studies. Eventually the, uh, the senior management uh, gave me day release facilities and I was able to study retail management in, in due course. But in the early days, I was given encouragement and got away early <clears throat> on a Monday evening to get to my evening classes. Uh, yes, without doubt, there was a, uh, a very good, I don't know about paternalistic, but it certainly was in that area of being very supportive in the further education uh, world. Could you tell us more about the uh, initiation into the Grocers Institute? Tell us something about the uh, the examinations that you had to face at the time. Yes, well, the examinations started off with a preliminary stage, an intermediate stage and a senior stage. The prelims were quite straightforward. We got uh, basic uh, arithmetic. Uh, we then advanced into accounts uh, we had uh, some product, uh, the background to product pr production. Of, for example, we, we knew a lot about uh, how uh, coffee was grown and produced, tea was grown and produced, uh, the cuts of bacon. So in terms of products, world geography of where products came from, all of these elements were in the preliminary stage. We gradually moved into appropriate legal elements of um, sale of goods and very early days of food hygiene uh, and so yes that, that advanced 
the strange the strange thing was eventually that um, there was a practical element to our studies, which meant that in our third year, which by then was called our our membership of the institute year, we had a preliminary level, we had an intermediate level which was designated as an associate of the institute. Then our final year, we became a member of the institute. To succeed uh, was as a member, we did theoretical work and exams in Dundee, and the, for the practical work, we had to go to London, and uh, we we had practical exams there, uh, uh, recognising uh, and tasting, tea tasting, coffee roasting, product identification, all of that element was there. So it was a rounded uh, course that gave us background theory, uh, shop practices, routines and product. And what about the popular culture of the time? What were the radio shows and the popular songs that you were enjoying at that point? They were quite uh, quite amusing. I take back and think back to days of the Ovaltinis. That's a very early, early thing in my life. Uh, the Ovaltinis was a programme where it encouraged children to become an Ovaltini. And we, we um, if we wrote off, and we did, the whole family, my brother and my sister and I, we all wrote off t- to apply to be an Ovaltini. And we then got little books sent back with the words of the song which came across on the radio. The radio, I may say, was probably a battery radio. Uh, we had we were slightly one level up from having a, a bottle of acid battery uh, radio, but we had a we had a, a dry battery radio. On Sundays, I remember programmes which gave what today would be called top of the pops. I suppose uh, we got regular uh, uh, Sunday programmes. Uh, I remember songs like Sailing Down the River on a Sunday Afternoon. I think that's the sort of thing that we got in those days. Gradually, uh, coming into teenage years, it became slightly more Hollywoodish. There was a lot of uh, the records, the old uh, 75 records became 45 records, or 33 and a third records. And so... Things began to change, especially the 45s. You could buy 45s quite easily. And um, that became uh, part of life. And one of the key developments uh, that came around near the end of the 1950s was uh, when you were appointed at the age of only 19 as the youngest manager in the history of your grocery chain. Now, what did that feel like? I would think daunting. A mixture of a lot of emotions. I enjoyed the work in the grocery store. I gradually became quite, I would say, (coughs) comfortable because I was proficient, I think, in the practicalities, dealing with customers. I began to learn the purchasing of goods, the ordering of goods, uh, certainly the sale of goods. Being a message boy, I, I, I could see the process all the way through from uh, the, the the purchase of goods, the displaying of goods, the window displays, and and selling. It was a process, and it um, the, so I understood all of that, and that that gave me a lot of confidence. 
And one of the other issues um, that you had to come to terms with at that point was that in assuming the management role in a new branch of the, the store, you also had to move from Carnoustie, which was a, a bustling seaside town, uh, to Dundee, which obviously was a major urban area. What did that feel like? Yes, well, it was daunting equally as much as becoming a manager. Can I just say, I think, that I'd never actually dreamt and um, had a great aspiration to be a manager. One of the things that helped me on the step to becoming a manager was the fact that gradually the company was clever enough and and, um, uh, forward-thinking enough to give me occasions when I... For example, looked after the shop for a week when the manager was on holiday. So I, had, I was introduced to the idea of helping uh, and, and experiencing, for, even for a week, uh, a management job. So when I went to Dundee, the big change for me was as much uh, a shock in the surroundings, and I suppose today's word could be culture, the culture of Carnoustie, a homely town, quiet little place, I think possibly I was quite uh, cosseted in Carnoustie. It was a comfortable, uh, a comfortable life uh, amongst people I knew. I suddenly then faced jumping on a bus at uh, half past seven in the morning and arriving in the city of Dundee. I had hitherto been to the city on Tuesday afternoons when we um, we spent with my with my uh, grocery colleagues an afternoon before we did our evening class studies. Um, but we only knew Dundee in the centre of the city. We went to the cinema on a Tuesday afternoon. Sometimes we then had a, a, a fish and chip tea and then we went off to do our evening class studies. So my knowledge of Dundee was very limited. It was just a high street knowledge, a shopper's knowledge, if you like, of Dundee. Suddenly then I had to get on a bus, uh, a double-decker bus. <laughs> uh, and my first branch was quite a a distance up the hill all the way to near uh, the law. Otherwise, it's a hill known as the law in Dundee. So the branch was quite a bit away. It was a new world for me. Uh, The clientele around that branch consisted of hard-working people living in a beechwood estate and then a group of people who were in very tidy, well-to-do and well-managed council house areas, as well as private properties and a different clientele uh, on the other side of the main road. So there was, distinctly, I I began to realise there were three groups of people there, but they were all customers in my shop. I could probably identify um, all of them as to which part of the city they came from. But equally, they were all my customers. I treated them all the same way. And it was an eye-opener for me. I had a little troubles sometimes with some of the terms that the um, customers would use, which were new to me. Um, and to be absolutely honest about it, I, I didn't know enough about the, the body language and, <laughs> and the uh, behaviour of people to know whether people were all genuine. I, I took it as face value, but I knew... Perhaps uh, I had to be on my guard. I didn't really know if I could trust all these city people. (laughs) Eventually I came to realise they were absolutely fine. They were brilliant. Uh, They had a sense of humour. They were honest, down-to-earth, hard-working people. And I began to enjoy it. 
And looking back now on all of the changes that have taken place, both in the world and in the world of grocery particularly, what advice do you think the Robert Murray of today would give his younger self, who's first embarking on the, you know, that initial journey into the grocery trade? Well, I think just behave yourself for a start. <laughs> um, don't be silly. Uh, follow the rules. Um, the the message boy uh, role in itself uh, taught me to be efficient. There's a box of groceries, take it to such and such a customer. Just go and do it. Don't dilly-dally. Don't forget where you are and stop and chat with your pals or whatever. You had a job to do, go and do it. Sometimes I could possibly have to collect some money or run an errand with money, so I began to be trusted with uh, instructions and entrusted with money. Uh, Again, unwittingly, I was learning the, to be diligent, follow the rules, be efficient, honest. So these words are what I would say to a young person today. Uh, it's easy to say the words, but it's more important to actually carry out the actions and basically follow instructions, be efficient, do what you're told and respect Respect the advice you get from your uh, management colleagues. Well, Robert, there's no questioning that you've had an eventful life that's taken in many different aspects of the grocery trade at a really important transitional period in its development. Thank you very much for having joined us today. That's very good, Tom. I've enjoyed chatting with you. (laughs) Thank you. The Grocer's Boy, A Slice of His Life in 1950 Scotland is available to buy now from all independent booksellers and online retailers worldwide. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope that you'll tune in again soon.